Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's not going to hit the music, is he? Hit the music. Uh, Hit the damn music. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast recording this late on a Wednesday night after the Kings get a much needed win at home against the Blazers. It was a roller coaster ride. It made you a bit queasy at times, but by the end of it, there was a sense of relief. Oh, that was kind of thrilling and fun. Thanks in large part to Malik Monk. This guy was a beast and a half like he has been without De'Aaron Fox tonight. He brought it for Sacramento, scoring 14 points in overtime. It was good enough to get Sacramento to overtime. I mentioned 14 points happened in the fourth quarter to get the Kings to overtime. The Kings end up getting a huge win over the Blazers, 121 to 118. I say huge because they needed it. It, It's early in the season, Mm -hmm. but tonight at Golden One Center, you felt kind of this nervous energy in the building. Yes. For game seven. Of the regular season. So for Sacramento, a win's a win. They needed it. There's so much to go over today on the Deuce and Mo podcast. I'm Deuce. That's Mo. How you doing? Oh, so much better now that we are live. The fog machine went off. The beam is lit. Nothing can bring me down. Nothing. Nothing will bring us down tonight (laughs) on Night Chat. I mean, let's just start with Malik Morgan. And, oh, and look, there, yes. there's definitely some things I'm concerned about after this game. It was an ugly game. It was an ugly win for the Kings. I don't care that it was ugly because the end result was a win. And I'd rather learn something from a win than a loss. But like a, a famous quote I came up with years ago, don't accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat. So you have to be honest with yourself and look in the mirror but for Sacramento tonight, you just need to get a W. They're you now, just needed the dub. They're now three and four on the season after the win. Tell me what you liked with Malik Monk. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's just start off with his playmaking ability. He finished the night with his career high 10 assists, which is great. We love to see it. That's what you want to see from Malik Monk because... No one else was adding that. No one else was being enough of a threat, collapsing defenses in some of these losses that we just saw. Um, But it wasn't just that number. It was the way that he carried himself with so much confidence that that was contagious for other guys on this squad with Kevin Herter knocking down his shots early. Uh, You had Domas Sabonis being a little bit more aggressive. You had Davion Mitchell understanding and changing his mentality even after being uh, knocked out of the starting lineup. And I just, I appreciate 
everyone's effort tonight. It's the perfect way to get back on track to what we saw from Kings basketball last year. You mentioned the starting lineup change. Mike Brown was asked before the game, hey, any changes to the starting lineup? He's like, I'm not telling anybody anything. He didn't say it like that. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he a cowboy? You know, I think the fog is getting to me. Yeah, I'm hallucinating. What did I just do? Like, you, <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> just tweaked my shoulder, too. <laughs> anyway, he didn't reveal it. But he, without revealing anything, he revealed everything. Right? Another famous news <laughs> quote. And it was announced that Keon Ellis was getting the start. Uh -huh. Now, if anyone before this season predicted that Keon Ellis would be starting by game seven of the regular season, you win a lot of money yep. somehow <laughs> because that would be unbelievable. <laughs> so Keon Ellis, who's on a two-way contract with the Kings, spent a lot of time with the Stockton Kings, had a really good year with the Stockton Kings, was in the starting lineup tonight. Where we have so much to go over because there are major rotation changes, including Keon Ellis in the starting lineup after finishing strong last game. Sasha Vazenkov did not play. JaVel McGee did not play. And the rookie Colby Jones did not play. But we saw Keon Ellis and Kessler Edwards yeah. along with Alex Len. So some significant changes there. But yeah, we do need to just focus on Malik for a second because what you said is right. Like, you know, I've, I've been pushing that I think, especially without Fox, he should start. But Let's just focus on what he brought to the floor tonight. And it was instantly when he came into the game, it felt like he was making plays. In yep. fact, I actually think I in my notes, I wrote down when he came into the game. And one of the things that was, I think, frustrating early for Sacramento, although they were kind of scoring, Sabonis was getting some nice putbacks, it still felt clunky to me. It yeah. still felt like they couldn't get anything going. Malik Monk ends up coming in at the 451 mark of that first quarter immediately goes right into a pick and roll with Sabonis bucket. Next play, he drives and scores. Next play, Monk dish to Alex Len for a jam. Dude, like he made everyone better. He made it. He created. He created, and that's the thing that has been severely lacking for Sacramento. The paint touches have gone down dramatically. The any penetration, right? Attacking the basket, fast break points, the pace. Everything is so down since Fox went down, which has been puzzling. It's been disappointing. Mm -hmm. There's been like, I don't know, a disconnect a little bit. It seems with the team, and even at shoot around today, Sabonis said that the coaches and players have had some tough conversations over the last couple of days about some things. And it still felt clunky in the beginning. But Malik Monk came out tonight. And I felt like he brought life to this Kings team. And they don't win it tonight with him. It's rare that we can look at Malik's game yeah. and go, he was 4 of 16. He was 0 for 7 from three-point land. And he was the Kings' best player tonight. He was fantastic. They don't win the game without him. Yes. And alone, like you look at his free throw number, right? I mean, oh. he, had, he ended up shooting 19 free throws. He was 15 of 19 from the free throw line and some of those free throws were huge free throws were the free throws that helped tie the game so the game was going to be forced into overtime and i don't know he just stepped up mentally physically in every way possible for this team tonight uh he deserves so much love for what he provided especially since we saw what the kings were lacking since De'Aaron fox has gone down morgan we's, we've also talked about how at times and it's natural for players to do this like when your shot's not falling 
it kind of impacts you. You slump your shoulders. Maybe you're not playing as engaged. Like you're going through it. We've seen it at times with Kevin Herter mm-hmm. and Keegan Murray this year, right? When they've gone up to like slow starts, Keegan slow start again tonight. Yeah. And did not finish well, but Malik Monk, he wasn't letting those missed shots impact his game. He still played with that same aggressiveness. He's going to keep shooting. He's going to keep attacking. He's going to keep setting up his teammates. The ball had more energy tonight yes. with him. It's not just his assist. It's him getting That's the ball it. moving and collapsing the paint, kicking it out, ball swinging around. He talked around. about all the sprays post-game. Yep. 32 assists tonight for the Kings on 41 makes. That's the number you love to see. You talk about the energy of the ball, and that's exactly another thing that he brought. And what I love, too, is that there's times where shot selection, shots being chucked up there can be deflating for a whole team. I didn't feel like I felt like they needed that from him tonight. And even with Keegan, you know, like there's some shots that he's just missing that are easy, easy looks and everything. But it's like, I, I need him to get out of this slump. Like, I trust in his abilities to get out of this slump. So you're going to shoot the shit out of the ball until you get out of this, Keegs. You know what I mean? He's and, got him. That's and, the only thing. He, he was ended up 4 of 17 in this game, 1 of 6 from downtown. And that's why And that's why I think Malik Monk even kind of showed, like, hey, guys, this is how you do it if you are going to shoot the shit out of the ball and you are going to miss. You have to make sure you're doing a little bit of everything and um, and really showing a different type of effort. I mean, the lack of effort that we saw in that loss against Houston. Oh, and what I love, too, is that Mike Brown talked about this pregame. He goes, you know, I don't believe in moral victories, but the loss against the Golden State Warriors without De'Aaron Fox, and we talked about this many times, compared to the losses uh, against the Houston Rockets, I mean, it it wasn't the, the way they were playing against the Golden State Warriors was good basketball. But they ended up losing it. Clay, you know, the final defensive possession, whatever. The games against the Houston Rockets, what the shit was that? I mean, the effort, everything. And so you saw them still struggle on uh, from a basketball standpoint tonight, but they did a good job of finding a way out of it and and, and facing adversity. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I just, you know, every time Malik wasn't in there, I got uncomfortable. I know. And I know. It's I think when you take a step back and you go, man, Malik was awesome tonight. And there's other guys who I thought stepped up. We'll, we'll talk about too. But, you know, my still big concern here is without Fox, <laughs> it seems like the only guy that can get the Kings going into somewhat of the offense that we saw last year yeah. is Malik Monk. Yeah. And he's not starting right now. He's played 30 minutes tonight, but that was also with an extra five minutes in overtime. Yeah. You know, I just think... It's still got to be more. It, he's got to play more. It's got to be more. It, it's just, it's striking. Dude, Matt the, Barnes the difference, said the same it, thing. It's striking. On the, when he yep. comes into the game, Morgan, it changes. Yep. And especially without, I don't care. Uh, it, it's not up to me. I know it's like everyone gets so caught up in who's a starter, who's not. For me, it's like, no, the Kings need to get off to better starts, right? They need to get into yeah. that flow. And they have to start looking like the team that they were last year again. They did it with Davion in uh, as the lead point guard. I feel like Davion plays a little better with Monk, right? Yeah. Like Monk, he gets to play off ball. He a little vibes more. off the energy, and we got to give Davion some love too. Hell um, yeah! And so putting Monk in there and staggering things makes sense. But like tonight, I mean, think about it. Colby Jones didn't play, and he looked like okay. Could he play some combo guard? Maybe he can run things. Well, he struggled with some ball pressure against Houston. Mike didn't like how he's playing. They go to Keon Ellis because Keon Ellis in 
you know, garbage time, what we call garbage time, where is really, hey, opportunity for guys to go. make an impact. He went out there, Showed he off. pushed the pace, and he did what Mike wanted. And Mike didn't care that they were down 25, 30 mm-hmm. points. He's like, no, that's what we need to do. Look what that opportunity led to. It, it led to that. But my point is like, that, I mean, this is, that's desperate. That's yeah. like, we're searching here. And my point is, I know what Malik can give me. Yeah. I know what he's going to come in and do. <laughs> this guy is one of the most confident basketball players in the league. He is first team all confidence. He doesn't get down. He's going to keep fighting. He's going to keep playing. He's going to get buckets, and he's going to set up his teammates. That's a guy that I want on the floor. He is one of the King's best players. Yeah. I I mean, I don't disagree with that. And um, I it's funny because even when we heard in the pregame, Mike Brown go, I'm not going to talk about who's starting basically, or yeah. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going, it's Malik Monk, right? Like that's the next man up. And what I I appreciate about Mike Brown is how much he vibes with Malik Monk coming off the bench and understands his importance and feels his importance. And Matt Barnes, after the game, even uh, compared him to Bobby Jackson and what Bobby Jackson provided as a sixth man and why that was so important and why that role is so important, even though every guy wants to start, but like you could have so much longer of a career if you're elite in a position. And Malik Monk is starting to show he can be elite as a six man. Um, and Mike Brown understands that importance. So he put Keon Ellis in the starting lineup, which knocked Davion down. Uh, I think that he ended up subbing Davion and Malik Monk in at the same time, though, anyway, yes. too. Yeah. So, again, for Davion, it was like, how are you going to face this type of challenge, right? Like, you're you're supposed to be the next point guard, and your head coach goes, I don't like what I see. I'm going to change it to the two-way guy starting over you. <laughs> and it's not, even, it's not an insult or anything. It's more like, I like what he was providing in that opportunity. That is what I want. Davion, that is not what I want. And Davion, what I love is that he stepped up a little more in his role off the bench. Yeah, and I do want to say a couple of things, too, because they did. we saw some of these better moments. I thought Davion played great tonight. We do have to acknowledge it played a Blazers team that is beyond shorthanded right now. Scoot Henderson's out. Simons is out. They lost Rob Williams. Malcolm Brogdon got hurt early in this game and did not return. Yeah. I mean, this is a shorthanded team, right? They're Shaden Sharp fouled out, right? Like, my point is, like, yeah, I, yeah you, you better beat this team. So, yes, enjoy the fact that they won, but they, they needed to beat this team tonight. But with Davion, what I liked, he was playing aggressive. There was, in those two games against Rockets, besides Monk, no one was getting in the paint, right? No Mm. no guards were getting any penetration. Davion was attacking tonight. He was finishing inside. He was shooting the shot with his (laughs) shot with confidence. He ends up 6-9 in this game, 3-4 of from downtown, 16 points. He had four assists. Davion Mitchell had probably... It was his best game this year. His best game came... With some adversity, with Keon yeah. Ellis starting in front of him, he came off the bench and gave the Kings a lift. He played his defense, but he shot with confidence. Hell, even in overtime, first shot of overtime, Jeremy Grant, who was awesome tonight, looks like he was auditioning for the Kings, did not hesitate, launched a three, and you're going, geez, are you kidding me? Next play down, Davion Mitchell answers right away with a three. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, shoot it with confidence, attack, get those paint touches, 
Davion Mitchell was really good tonight, and I was really happy for him. Loved his confidence. Loved how he was aggressive, like you said, getting those paint touches, but also taking a look at the basket and making those shots, too. Understanding, like, I don't know. There's just a different a different style he was playing with, um, with even, like, his body language and the way that he was out there. And I, I truly, truly appreciate him being able to switch his mentality even after being told like hey i know our starting point guard is out and you're usually the next man up but sorry you are also going to get bumped so he's he stepped up i loved what we saw from him as well we should also talk about keon ellis who got his first start and i thought from running the team perspective it it did feel a little clunky with him out there like i mentioned but i thought defensively Hands. and that's what he does well yes. we saw it in the g league last year if there's one thing keon ellis does great it's active hands he's long he's a pest he's going to play defense he's got decent size in terms of length mm -hmm. right and then offensively i think he has more than he showed tonight but it wasn't about that it's like okay can you make some plays happen he comes in the first quarter and he comes in right away with the deflection and then strips Jeremy Grant. Yes, Jer I was literally Unhelped, going right? to mention. Well, no, I think what it was, I thought he was ended up on Jeremy Grant, was handsy, knocked the ball away or something, deflected it, whatever. It it Either way, it stopped the offense from having a rhythm. And then Jeremy Grant was coming down the lane, and it's like he stripped it. He shadowed yep. it, stripped it, stopped Jeremy Grant from scoring, who obviously ended up having a great game tonight with 38 points. But um, but it was like just doing that from the start. And in those seven minutes that he played in that first quarter, he did not score, but you still felt like he added yes. to this team. Yeah, and I think that was the thing. I'm, I'm scrolling through my notes because I felt like he had a, he ended up with three wow. steals tonight too. Um, okay, and I I thought he he brought good energy to the Sacramento Kings, especially for a guy that's like, hey, you're getting a start tonight. Your first NBA start is happening when uh, this team Huge. needs a win, desperately needs a win. So. Here you go. And Huge. he didn't look like he was scared of the moment. So that was good to see Keon Ellis get that chance. And like, you know, if you want to take a big step because back, because we don't humanize these guys enough in general, not just speaking about us. I'm just yeah. the public, everybody. This guy was undrafted. Yep. Spent most of the year in Stockton. Like imagine how his parents are feeling tonight as he got his first NBA start and he's it's out there so playing. Cool. Like, it's just cool. It's, it's just cool. so cool. No, I'm happy for him. And it's not that surprising too when you look at last year and Mike Brown was starting KZ Paula the first couple of games. And the only reason why I say that is because he's willing, he's not afraid to try something. And what I liked even tonight, him trying to put Alex Lennon before JaVale McGee and be like, wait, what hey, can he provide with this matchup? And what did Len do? That, Alex Len came in and 10 points, six rebounds in 13 minutes. I mean, Give he was dunking on guys. Yep. Monk was setting them up. Mm. He was fantastic. He and was. He, and I think he had two blocks. Yes. He had two blocks. His presence was felt on both ends of the floor. You talk about that too. That's what's so cool too. It doesn't matter what big is in there with Malik. Malik's yeah. like, I'm going to make you look good. So be ready. And that's exactly what happened with Alex Len. Um, loved his presence in there. Uh, and, and did you want to say something else about Len? I was gonna yeah, say it was just more about Len, the fact that like I didn't think I'd talk be talking about a lineup 
in the third quarter of a close game where it's Keon Ellis, Chris Duarte, Kevin Herter, Kessler Edwards, and Alex Len. Yeah. Like, it just crazy shit happened tonight with the rotation. But yeah, going back to your point on Len. And it's, and it's early, though, too. I think when you sure. do look at some of these rotations, and I do think it's a big story, but it's when I say, or a big angle. And I think it's something we talked about last year a lot as well. And what I loved about it is that Mike Brown was trying to figure out the identity of the team and what he needs to do. And what I like that he's doing while he's doing all this, De'Aaron Fox is out. So he can try and force this team to face these challenges and go, well, what are you going to do when part of what you're used to and part of your identity is gone. How can you find different ways to reach that? And really what we're seeing is with being locked in and being with effort. Also making shots definitely does help. And I love the way that Kevin Herter came out and started making his. Yeah. Got a Kevin Herter. Hopefully he's starting to get out of this. He was four of nine from downtown in this game ends up with 17 points on five of 13 shooting. We haven't talked about Sabonis, but we briefly touched on it. You know, Sabonis came out aggressive early like he should. And last game, four shots, unacceptable. We all know that. Like, it, you, you could talk about what the Rockets defense did. It didn't matter. Like, you, you got to take more than four shots in a game. Yep. And tonight he came out and was aggressive early. I think he had six shots in the first quarter. Sabonis ends up with 27 points. He had 11 rebounds. He had nine assists on 11 for 14 shooting, five of seven from the free throw line. He also had seven offensive rebounds. The one negative tonight yeah. for the Kings, definitely the turnovers, and he was a culprit with six of them. He threw some really bad passes. And he's had some bad turnovers in some of these games. Like, you've seen it, across, or especially on the road trip as well. So, you know, it's something he's going to want to have to, he's going to want to have to clean up. He has to clean up um, for this team to function the right way. But I think when you look across his stat line, what makes me the happiest about it in his 40 minutes, there's so much substance to it. You know, there's so many nights you can see Sabonis just a walking double-double. What did he do tonight? And you don't really feel his presence. You felt it. It was there from the start. It was exactly what they needed. He talked about the tough communication, the tough conversations that were going on with him and other teammates, coaches, whoever. But communication is key to leading you down and back the right path. Big time win. For the Kings. And when Big I say, time win. Can I just say, and I, I, say, I say that and I want to check myself. What? When I say big time, it's not like, oh my God, this is the most impressive thing ever. I'm saying big in the way of they needed this yeah, desperately. I think people and, get okay, that though, Okay, I just want to make sure. I'm not trying to hype this no, win no, no, like no, it was no. the most amazing thing ever. Because to be honest, there's a lot <laughs> I didn't like about tonight and I'm still really concerned about I the can team. tell no but but really quick too be, what, before you go into the really bad and what you're concerned with I just I think it's so obvious anyone that watches the NBA and saw the scoreboard for the Kings the last couple of games are going in and no deer and Fox are going oh, sure, what what is this thing like how scary is that without deer and Fox blah blah so it is a big time win like that is where it is a big time win not because of the opponent but because of where they were man i'm just looking back at my notes too, seeing some of these moments uh one swing play i thought was going to be a swing play in the fourth quarter H harrison barnes hit that three off a missed free throw to put the kings up two. i'm like all right here, that could be a big moment um and then like the king the kings end up having a bad possession after that where 
Sabonis has a mismatch on Jeremy Grant. Keegan's in the corner. Herter's got the ball on the wing. And Herter wants Keegan to come up and set a screen. Sabonis and Herter are looking oh, at Keegan yeah. like, what, what are you doing? And then Herter passes it to Sabonis. <laughs> Keegan forces it to Sabonis mm-hmm. turnover. And, you know, Sabonis is just furious at that moment. Um, and that was a really bad sequence. And then you had... I'm looking back, and, and I, you had Aiton hit some big shots late. I mean, it really felt like it was going to be done. It yeah. was going to be done. The Kings were going to end up losing that game at home, which who the hell knows what that's going to look like. I mean, even there was these – I'm looking back where my my notes uh, – Skylar Mays bullies Herter for the score. Dude. Then Aiton goes back-to-back with scores, 105-102. Out of the timeout, Monk has that second-chance three. That was an air ball. The yeah. Kings go into a zone. They force a turnover. Harrison Barnes gets it. Chuck's a pass that was like, why did you try to force it? You're going for the home run turnover. I know. But then you had Malik Monk get fouled on the three. He makes all three free throws to cut it to two. I mean, there's just big free throws. How about Sharp stepping out of bounds with 40 seconds to go? Thank you. When it's a two point game. Thank you. Oh, my God. I do want to give a lot of love, though, uh, to the Blazers really quick, too. And the only reason why I say this is because, you know, I, I was like, I haven't been watching tons of them, but I had the opportunity to talk to Kenyon Murray after the game. He came on the post-game show, and we talked about, you know, how cool it is that they have twins out there. Matt Barnes also has twins. But I asked him before we were even on the show, I was like, I was like, you've watched a lot of the Blazers. Like, what do you feel? And he's like, dude, they're scrappy. Like, they'll they'll play like this night in and night out. And that's why you look at their them having a better record than the Sacramento Kings. They might not have all the talent in the world, but whatever Chauncey Billups is trying to get out of them, it's starting to get out of them. And there's guys that are talented on that squad when you go from Shaden Sharp to uh, Jeremy Grant each game. Each game, his what he puts in points, I was going to say what he puts on the scoreboard, what he gets in points, they go up. Every single game, his points. And tonight, of course, he ends up with uh, 38 points against the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, Jeremy Grant, he hasn't shot efficiently this year. And, of course, tonight he did. Yeah, I I guess the the thing about tonight, and again, you win, the beam's lit. It feels good for tonight. But I, I I, I still leave tonight concerned about how the offense is flowing with Fox out. And I know we, we, we can hype on, we can, we, we harped on Monk and what he's been able to do yeah. with the offense, but Morgan, even some of this miscommunication with Sabonis and Keegan and, and, and Herter on that play, I was talking about it. It just, they're not getting into the offense fast enough. They're, they're not. I mean, it's, in that first half, especially with the starters, I'm looking every time like you're getting into your stuff with 13 seconds, 12 yeah. seconds. Yeah. It's too late. The Kings were so good last year, not only pushing the pace, being in transition, but it's also early offense. It's pushing fast and getting into the action with like 18 on the shot clock. And those seconds matter so much. One, because you're putting the defense on their heels, right? Sure. There's cross matches. You got the movement going on. There's too much of like walking it up and getting into stuff way too late. Yeah, I I understand what like your concerns and what you're saying about that. 
Um, and I have those concerns as well. And I think what we saw, especially last year, even to start this year with De'Aaron Fox, there's just so much more of a rhythm. Obviously, there's going to be more of a rhythm with your star player, not only that conducts that offense, but was averaging 31 points a game before he went down with an ankle injury, right? So he was putting the points on the scoreboard. He was becoming such a threat that it would allow everyone else's game to be easier. And that's why I, I, I think this time is good for the Kings is because they don't have that guy making it easier on them. So how do you face these challenges differently? These are all NBA players. They know how to play the game at a very high level. So they should still be able to, to play the same type of basketball, but not identical. Right. I guess my question, though, is why with players that had like that offensive chemistry, even when Fox was out last year? Yeah. It, that seems to be missing. Well, I feel like Fox didn't go out last year until later in the season, though. Right. Maybe even. So you're saying that games. has more to do. Yeah, with it. dude. There's still Sasha Vizenkov was coming off the bench a few games ago, you know, with Malik Monk or whatever, you know, it was like he was it's tonight. It was so different. And I think Mike Brown is still just trying to figure out what he wants the identity of his rotation to be. Like we keep talking about continuity. It's something I brought up all off season long. And now I'm starting to feel like, huh, this team really did change more than I thought. I know you started with the same starting lineup, but the depth that they did add in the pieces that they add and then and subtracted, it did change things up. And by the way, we got to keep mentioning what is it going to look like with Trey Lyles when he is back out there? That's just another piece that I think sometimes we don't factor in enough, but because we're always talking about De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox, which is understood, but Trey Lyles and what he adds, not only with throwing out a different type of matchup for teams with that small ball five, but even being able to stretch the floor when maybe or stretch the floor when Sabonis is in there. Um, he's more and more in shape. He we saw him shooting the other day at practice, and we're just like that shot just gets sexier and sexier. So again, what is that gonna do and how is that gonna factor in when he's healthy and back? I'm glad we are recording this, too. It's very good to always record stuff to have it backed up. I'm going to alert Morgan right now for our live audience, too. Um, what? The Internet's down now, just to be clear. The Internet went down. So we had sound issues earlier, and the Internet's out. We're not on. We're not streaming anymore, Morgan. Okay. I am, like, I'm so confused about life tonight, but I'm going to keep it cool so we can keep. <laughs> We we're let's just flow and keep recording. Right, we're gonna keep recording. Yeah, we're gonna keep recording and uh, yeah, because then we got to keep this mood. We got to keep this mood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just keep okay. going. It's, it's the, interesting uh, little yeah. dilemma we're having here. <sighs> so we're trying this again, huh? <laughs> just know there's about 15 minutes that went by between us stopping. And then restarting again. Mm -hmm. Morgan's really irritated. And so am I. Okay. So, Morgan, I, I get what you're saying about Lyles and Fox. And I just, I, I get, I expected this team to look sharper. And I, I just hope that Mike Brown continues and the, and the team continues to be like, hey, we need to get back to the offense on how we were playing last year. 
because it's just it's not completely there. And and to your point, like you definitely saw a lot of new guys that weren't involved in the offense last year. Like Kessler Edwards was not on the team at this point last year. Alex Lennon wasn't playing, right? Um, who else played off the bench tonight? Well, you Davion Malik. Duarte wasn't here at this point last year. So I get that part of it. I just I did not think I was going to have questions about the Kings offense this early in the season. And I still kind of have questions. You know, they were averaging 120.7 points per game last year. They're nowhere near that at this point. And they scored 121 tonight with five extra minutes. It just seems like it's a grind to get to 100 points without De'Aaron Fox. And maybe that's just it. It's like you need De'Aaron Fox. But that that worries me too. Because guess what? Fox is going to have off nights. Fox is going to be in foul trouble. Fox may miss games. You cannot just completely fall apart without him. No, and it's it's not always going to be effortless, you know, unless he's out there on the floor. But at the same time, like, you just, you next man up mentality. You got to figure it out. And I feel like I have to believe, 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 I feel like I have to be Malik Monk right now. Yeah. I got to get you a pass and, and get you going because you're deflated because of her technical Def- issues. Like, and I fucking get it. deflated. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. But we're, we have to play. Yeah. Our audience deserves it. I know. And I so, miss our live audience right it, now. It is what it is. Yeah. You move on. We got to play. We got to play. Um, another guy I got to ask you about is Keegan Murray tonight. So Murray was four of 17, four of 17, one of six from three. He had nine points. Uh, Morgan, he is not. It, it's been seven games. He's not shooting the ball well. At what point are you concerned about Keegan Murray shooting? I don't want to even put a number on it of like, I think by game 10, okay. we should all worry. Um, I'm, I'm under the impression whatever is happening right now, he will get out of. Um, but like, it's, it's hard. Like, honestly, <laughs> just compare it to my mood. Like, it's really hard to get out of things when you like, you feel it inside. You feel anxiety. You feel failure. You feel all this awfulness inside you. And you want to just like next day, let's go. Like that's what professional athletes do. That's what professionals do. And it's like, we're all human. It's still freaking hard. And so like for him, I just, I, I'm giving him this like, long leash it is early we've seen how good he can be i'll tell you this he seems a little less aggressive when he's going to the basket he seems like he's gone back to what he did last year and that was like uh take the contact no initiate the contact he had a couple times when he got in the paint tonight where he kind of like went on his left tippy toe it looked Mm -hmm. like he almost traveled yep and there's a little hesitancy at times yeah right the quick to say i think he personally i think he's overthinking things because his shot's not falling yeah and he he just has to get back to playing the one thing i did like is the fact that he still took 17 shots like no take those shots dude that's why i'm not worried about him yet because i i'm big on track record when i watch players the guy hit 40 percent from three last year and played a ton of games he's not afraid of the moment and i think the difference between this year and last year for him is he's playing defense now and he's played, he had some nice defensive moments tonight. Think about he ends up tonight with two block shots. And I just thought 
his activity was good. His rebounding was fine tonight, too. I think he ended up with, what, seven? It was the shot not dropping. And I some guys go through slumps, and you just hope they can get out of them. Seems like Herter is starting to like get out yeah. of it a little bit, which, okay, that's encouraging. Yep. I, I just want... I want to see more pick and roll with Keegan. I want to see him as a ball handler setting up Sabonis. I want to see him getting inside the lane. Same with Herter. I want to see some more two-man game with him and Sabonis. Um, I want Keegan to attack. I want him to, when he's got a mismatch, Kings need to find him on these mismatches and get him some nice looks. It was one of his first misses was an easy one at oh, the rim tonight. Yeah, yeah. Herter, Sabonis had one too early in the first quarter. They They all had some bad misses. I'm not concerned about the shot with Keegan Murray. I just want him to keep playing and having an impact when he's out there, whether the shot is going or not. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you on that. And that's why I'm I'm under the impression with him, like, keep going, keep shooting. You know, when Mike Brown has had enough of it, he won't see the floor or he will see the floor because he can still be a threat on the other end of the floor and um, match up against a lot of different people and a lot of different body sizes in the NBA. We need to look ahead to the Kings next game, but I, I also have a couple of Blazers thoughts, including one on Jeremy Grant, but we have to get to Morgan, yes. our rock and soul player oh, of the game. Thank God. I don't think there's really a debate on this. Oh, I already I, know. You can make a case for Demonis Sabonis because I thought Sabonis was great. Mm -hmm. We mentioned Davion bouncing back. It's Malik Monk. He is our rock and soul player of the game. Well, because he showed a little soul out there. Ooh. He had 23 points, a career high 10 assists, six rebounds. He did it on four of 16 shooting. You're going, oh my goodness, what? Was he just chucking? No, the guy was playing aggressive. And he was 15 of 19 from the free throw line after missing a ton of free throws early. He was big down the stretch for Sacramento. He's our rock and soul player of the game. We told people about this. You got to go check out Rock and Soul in Sacramento. How about breakfast all day? Breakfast for dinner. They have lunch and it. dinner too and cocktails. Duh. Yeah. But like I am a big breakfast for dinner fan. We mm -hmm. went out there last week. It was amazing. And on home games, they have amazing deals. We told people about this people the other day. Were so excited. <laughs> during King's home games, half off drinks and half off appetizers during the game. You could watch the game there. Uh, if you want to go before the game, you're like, I want to get a little... Dinner before the game. Uh -huh. Well, good. It's six blocks from Golden One Center. And if you're going to the game, you show your ticket and say, hey, I heard about you from the Do Some Mo podcast. You get 50% off your entire order. From 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. for that. That's so, insane. Yeah. But if, you don't, if you're not going to the game and you just want to watch the game there, you still get appetizers half off and appetizers and half off drinks during the game. So check out Rock and Soul. It's a local business. Great food. Great people. You should check it out and shout out to Malik Monk, our rock and soul player of the game. We're also presented by, of course, our presenting sponsor, mm. Northwest Exteriors. You got to check out their website, northwestexteriors.com. You know, buying windows is a big decision. It's like, oh my God, do I need windows? Yes, if you have old windows, you need new Get windows them. and work with the people at Northwest Exteriors. You can go to their showroom in Rancho Cordova, check out all the options. But the best part is this, the process is so simple. Dude, it's so simple. And get this. So I had one Anlin window. If you look up Anlin windows, they're the best of the best freaking windows. Okay. And it had like a little tiny line on it. And Northwest was like, nope, not acceptable. We're going to send Anlin out there to replace it. Like and everything. And I was like, are you sure? Like, it's just a little line. And they're like, it has to be top quality. All these things. And I appreciate it so much because then even when they did that, it took barely 
any time. And now I have even more of a perfect tiny little window that had a tiny little scratch on it that I didn't even notice. So I just love their standards. I love the people that all work around the business. It's just a great place. Yeah. So if you're thinking about getting windows, don't go anywhere else. Okay. Simply the best. Trust Northwest. And northwestexteriors.com. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, Morgan, a couple of things on the Blazers. Yeah, this team is not a good team. And that's, I think, a couple of that. That's another main reason where I'm not like going, oh, my God, about this one. Grateful that the Kings bounced back, got a win. They had to grind it out. They were down with a minute to go by four points. They found a way. Yeah. But like this Blazers team is so shorthanded right now. Scoot Henderson wasn't much of a factor when he was playing, but he's been out. Simons, who's a bucket and a half. Yeah, he's out. Rob Williams, unfortunately, out. And then Malcolm Brogdon played five minutes tonight. Skylar Mays was having big moments. But okay? Skylar Mays is like, and I'm not saying underrated, but I just think like people need to respect sure. some of these teams in the Western Conference more than they do. I get it. But my point is this is not going to be a good team in the West. Right. And it, you had a scratch and claw to just walk out with a W. Yeah. And it's not going to get easier for Sacramento, especially without Fox. But my point on them, and you gave them credit for playing hard. I thought DeAndre Ayton had some big moments late, hitting some big time shots. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy Grant tonight, and he's a guy we talked about the last couple of years. I was like, hey, he's an interesting target. Could Sacramento use a guy like that? Jeremy Grant had 38 points in this game. He had nine rebounds, five assists, three blocks, 12 of 25 shooting. He knocked down five of eight from three. Man, I like me some Jeremy Grant. I mean, we all do. We, I mean, he's body type, the long arms. You Could know, still be he, a target. You've... I know you've been talking about Jeremy Grant for like seven years now. And yeah. I, and I understand that, but like also you, you have to understand, like wait until there's rumblings, you know, like stop. If you, if you, well, I mean, look, I, I think so Portland gave him that big extension. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an overpay, but then I'm, I go, look, the new TV deal is going to kick in. That money's not going to look too crazy. Mm-hmm. He's 28, 29 years old. He's in good shape. He could defend multiple positions. He's long. He fills a serious need. He can go get you a bucket when you need it. You you can make the case. And, and I bring it up because Portland is going through a bit of a transition. Yeah. So that's why I brought it up. But yeah. I thought Jeremy Grant looked awesome. He tonight. looked great. I mean, this is like post-Dame time. And like you, you look at this team tonight. And not only was Jeremy Grant just playing so well, making his shots, being aggressive, but like this team this team fights and it's the same thing that we saw with Houston. And I just have so much respect for teams that go under the radar because like their style might not be the most beautiful basketball, but when they don't rely on good basketball and their style, they rely on their effort and their heart and what they're going to put on the court every night. And you saw that from Portland tonight, fight, fight, fight. You saw that from Houston the other night. And that's why, that's why it's like disappointing when you don't see that from the Kings. Like we didn't see a few nights ago, but I thought tonight they had a lot more moments. Like it was there and it wasn't just dictated by big, good plays that they were making. Yeah. And 
as clunky as it may have been at times with the offense, there was more, I don't know, there was more of the Kings offense we saw last year. You know, they had, what, 18 fast break yeah. points tonight. The assist numbers we had mentioned, 32 assists on 41 makes. Yeah, it, it, there were moments of it looking better, and it, I didn't feel like it was an effort thing tonight. I thought they made some defensive plays. They had defensive breakdowns like they usually do. They rebounded pretty well tonight, especially the offensive rebounds, Morgan. 15-7 to seven for the Sacramento Kings in this game. Uh, they had 26 second chance points. Damn. So, you know, they were fighting out there. It, they weren't shooting the ball well the entire game. They ended up 11-37 of 37 from three because Monk was 0-7. You had... Uh, Barnes 205, Murray 1 of 6. Even uh, Kessler Edwards, I think, was uh, what he missed a couple too. Anyway, uh, you know, he missed one. My bad, but you know, you get my point. Yeah, um, so they point. missed a lot of threes. So there was more glimmers of hope. Like, okay, I, I can it's a little blurry, but I kind of see that kind of looks like that King's team yeah. a little bit more moments like that. Next up, Friday nights. We I, don't know if De'Aaron Fox is playing, nope, but you know what, we do know. The little NBA IST in-season tournament. The first ever NBA in-season tournament game for the Sacramento Kings. And they get to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've already played a tournament game. They lost to the Warriors last Friday night on a crazy finish. Yeah. Morgan, with Fox, without Fox, it's going to be tough. Yeah. OKC is now 5-3 and three on the season. They got to win in Cleveland, 128-120. to 120. Tonight, SGA had 43 points, so good. seven rebounds, six assists. Chet had 15 points, seven rebounds, three blocks. SGA is insanely talented. Duh. I've really enjoyed watching Chet this year. And there's so much talk about what Victor's doing at his size, but uh, there needs to be more talk about what Chet's doing yeah. at his size as a rookie in the NBA. Yep. And, and that's it's good for OKC. I mean, what an exciting time for them to have such exciting young players and it's all coming together and then you got josh giddy dropping dimes left yep. and right and just making everybody better but like you said what is it going to look like with a matchup against chet holmgren while also trying to make sure that sga isn't getting into the paint every single offensive yeah. possession like it's it, there's so many questions we don't know if fox is playing is mike brown going to go with the same rotation starting lineup does it look the same even if even if De'Aaron fox was playing and you're like, okay, you got SGA. It's tough. Like, well, it's not about just being tough. It's this guy hasn't played an NBA game in a couple weeks or, you know, whatever, yeah. however much time that is. It just, it, how is that going to be the right matchup for him? And that would be our own, not our only hope, but that would be one of our uh, guys that we'd be like, oh, that's the guy that could slow down SGA. But yeah, that's not going to be the case Friday, even if he was to play. Do you think there'll be a little extra energy in the building for an NBA Cup game? Or do you think it's something that the fans are like, hey, they get there and they're going, oh, the court looks different. Like I think the way that the NBA has pushed the shit out of in-season tournament stuff, I think there will be an extra feel. I hope so. And I think, and when I say that, I think because the buy-in is there from teams, the buy-in is there. Like, like even we're like the broadcast is asked to talk about it but i love talking about it. i think it's fun because it's like you, they're not telling me what to say yeah they're just telling me to talk about it and i'm like great well i love talking about new things changes um and if i didn't agree with it i would 
probably crap on it more, but I'm actually excited to see what we can, if these guys can become more competitive out of it. If like changing the floor, even seeing the Kings floor, like I'm excited for that. But I also feel like it brings this different type of energy. Yeah. I, I looking at the picture of the Kings floor. I'm excited to see it in person because my first the blue, right? It's like gray. And then there's oh, a blue thing. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. I, oh, I did. I don't think it, in my opinion, what? I don't think it pops enough. Okay, like just from the picture, maybe they shouldn't have gone gray, right? Mm. And I don't think the league wanted them to go gray. They wanted the league wanted a different color. Interesting. I th- that was in a Zach Lowe piece. I'm not like breaking. Yeah, this. I was but, like, um, how did you know that? So, it. but it's also like, I, I felt that way about others, and I saw it on TV. I'm like, oh, this pops. So maybe with some different lighting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm curious about that stuff, but it'll be fun Friday night. A good challenge with a really talented OKC team. I hope Fox is back. Uh, before we end tonight, for the, the audio people and, of course, video, audio people are like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> so we go live after every single Kings game mm-hmm. on YouTube and Twitch, and it's awesome. Tonight started with, we don't know why, a couple of audio issues. It wasn't, and it wasn't the same ones that we were having back in right. the off season or preseason or whatever the hell. Very bizarre. Okay, so it caused us to have to restart a couple times. And I finally went, all right, we're going to drop a new link, and we were humming. Got 40 minutes in, and then I noticed the chat stopped, and I went, oh, no. And I looked at my phone, and I looked, and I got the notification that the internet went down. Not Wi-Fi. I mean, we're hardwired in, and the internet went down. So it was just kind of a weird night. Um, There's probably stuff that we missed from tonight's game because we had to restart so many times, and there's... My, my whole point is I appreciate your guys' patience and support. It's frustrating when things like this happen. Um, we take a lot of pride in what we do. Yes, and it's uh, we and we like doing it live for the people. And so the fact that we could not complete it live for the people Mm-mm. bugs me big time. Uh, but yeah, it's, we just got to move on. With it's it, like so. a it's like having a bad game or an ugly win, and you have to bounce back and go on to the next thing. I know some people are probably laughing like, "What?" No, and it's like, yeah, because we're passionate as hell about having high standards and not having this crap happen. And for so many years, we didn't have this crap happen. And it seemed like it's happened more since we've had better quality equipment, which is like bizarre to me. So um, moral of the story, go cheap, you know? (laughs) Uh, So make sure you're in the comments. Let us know what you thought about the game tonight. Make sure you hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, If you're on the audio side, we appreciate you guys too. Thank Make you. sure to drop us a five-star review on Spotify or the Apple Podcast Store because it helps us grow. And uh, we'll be back live Friday after the game, King's Thunder. We'll have content in between too. We love you guys, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Mo. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.